I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Lemon, it's Wednesday. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The stock stats story stud, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Guess who's back? Back again. Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith. Josh Richardson's back. <laughs> Tell Alfred. Let's go. Let's go. Long long wait for these guys, but uh, everything is pointing towards these guys being back tonight in Utah. But I do want to give a shout out to Maxi Kleba. He is not with the team. It has obviously taken him uh, much longer uh, through this process. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know any of the details with his uh, recovery from COVID stuff. Um, I don't even want to speculate on that, but, uh, yeah, I've been keeping him in my prayers through all of this. Absolutely. So, but we, the Mavericks are according to the last injury report posted on uh, Tuesday night, and we're recording this about, uh, 840 on, on Tuesday night. So just, just a, basically just after that injury report got, got released, uh, Dorian Vinny Smith. Dwight Powell and Josh Richardson are all listed as questionable for the Mavericks game tonight. If you listen to this on Wednesday against Utah, so good chance we're going to see those guys, which is very exciting. It's really, really good news. Seems like they're going to be available. So, yeah, very, Dor- I mean, Dorian very excited even said, for that. said so on, um, you know, Rick said that they would be available uh, in his media session earlier yesterday. Dorian, uh, you know, Tim McMahon even tweeted out if y'all want to see a Twitter quote of it. of just saying, hey, I, I know I'm going to be gassed out there, you know, getting get my legs back. And, you know, we have cautioned on this pod of like, hey, when these guys come back, even on Monday when I did a solo pod, I kind of I did. A, I read a tweet from uh, from Keith Smith uh, basically saying that this isn't a normal injury when these guys come back. And it's just a reminder that when they do come back, we have to uh, give them grace on everything. It's like, hey, they got to not only get yeah. back in shape, but we don't know how COVID is going to affect their bodies and, and all of that. So we have to, you know, tap the brakes a little bit on our expectations for these guys. I'm just going to let you guys know right now, we're going to be making all kinds of excuses about these guys coming back. I'm just going to let you guys know ahead of time. Be ready for it. <laughs> Some people do not like excuses. They do not. Uh, also, we should mention that uh, today on the show, we are going to be doing stat, stock, and story. This is a new kind of podcast format that we've been trying out where we bring you a stat around the league. Stock. We're going to be buying some stock or selling some stock in some players around the league or some things or some concepts or some teams and uh, talking about them around the league. And then story this week is going to be a segment from the Rejecting the Screen podcast, a great podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We've mentioned it a couple of times here. Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, they interview all kinds of people on like the fringe edges of basketball, like former players, but not like super huge name players. It's just like like Robert Sacre and Adam Morrison and, you know, random guys like the Rex, Rex uh, Walters and like former players and Lots of guys on the, on the fringes, but they have so many great stories because they've been around so many different people. And so they have two podcasts this week, one that was dropped yesterday on Tuesday, another one that's going to be dropping tomorrow on Thursday with all kinds of stories from everybody they've interviewed talking about Kobe Bryant and all kinds of things 
around that. We've been posting, we've been posting it on on Locked On NBA Pods. We've been talking about it, and so uh, the third segment will be a, a, a section of that. So listen to that, and then subscribe to Rejecting the Screens. So that's what you're going to hear in the third segment. Uh, also, wanted to give a you know a shout out, a rest in peace to Seku Smith. He passed away. Mm-hmm. He was a you know longtime writer for NBA.com. I remember when I was first getting into NBA podcasts, it was Bill Simmons and it was Seku Smith were like the only NBA podcasts that I could find that were just NBA because there's other there's all there's other podcasts that were like all sports and all kinds of things like that. But Seku's was one of the first ones that was there. So. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, rest in power to uh, to Sager Smith. Man, gone like way too soon. Yeah, for sure. I saw that news. Uh, I guess when I was leaving work today, and I was just sitting at a table, and uh, my buddy walked past me, and I was like, I was just shook by it, and just reading everyone's. Uh, I didn't know him personally. I don't have a, a personal story yeah. uh, from him, but uh, I know that when my time is up on this earth, uh, I would love for people to say the things that they said about him about yeah. me someday. And because it's really cool seeing uh, all the things people are saying about just his impact, not only to people personally, but to people in the in the business. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's get into what we are going to be talking about today as far as stat, stock, and story. So let's start with, uh, let's start with some stats, Isaac Harris. So, uh, we have we've just been looking around the NBA and found some stats we found kind of interesting. Isaac, let me hear yours first because mine's going to take a little while. Oh gosh, what I'm ready for your stats, uh, <laughs> especially after uh, what a great segment we had yesterday. We had a, a great segment, uh, a great <laughs> we had, moment. We had a great podcast yesterday. I was very proud of our podcast yesterday. It was stupid. It was insightful. It was everything that's us, right? Like About there was... half y'all listened because it was a loss. <laughs> So if you didn't listen to yesterday's, I highly recommend it. We posted some quotes from it and stuff and some clips and uh, it was just good stuff. I, I really, I really enjoyed yesterday. So if my, you didn't listen to the post game after the Nuggets it. show, uh, go listen to it. So Tim's Nuggets. Uh, okay. So <laughs> a stat for me, I, I just bring one big stat and uh, a lot of people are talking about post-ups right now, especially in regards to the Mavericks and I just want to I want to bring up a post uh, some post up stats uh, and it correlates with the the rest of the league too. But I'm going to kind of just throw something at you here. A minimum of thirty possessions, thirty nope. post up possessions in the league right now. Not first a lot, off, but still the what? Not a lot, but still. I was going to say first off, it sounds like it's not a lot, but there's only been twenty three players in the NBA that has thirty post up possessions so far. Okay, so only 23. Number one in points per possession, scoring 63% of the time, 56% from the field. Who is number one? Number one is probably Joel Embiid. That's my guess. Joel Embiid is number two. Uh, He has a a ton more post-up possessions than number one. But Joel Embiid is number two. Uh, he is not. No, Jokic is number eleven. Uh, oh, Joel Embiid, the the current MVP, is uh, he is number two on this list. Uh, I will say Anthony Davis is number four on this list. Julius mm. Randle number five on this list. Mm. Um, Kawhi's right after him. LeBron's after him. But number one. Oh my God! Is 60, it Luca? Scoring sixty three percent of the time, fifty six percent from the field. Is Luka Doncic? <laughs> oh man, that's Get pretty this. wild. He's had th- he's had exactly thirty post up possessions this year, and 
LaMarcus Aldridge and Bam have only had one more post-up possession than Luka this year. Aldridge wow. and Bam have had 31 post-up possessions. And I say all of this because I think this is another way, another way to kind of unlock Luka a little bit, kind of like we've seen LeBron later in his career. But this is an, an effective and an efficient like possession for Luca. And I don't think it's something that you go to all the time, but I do think it's a possession. I think it's a way for you to, you know, kind of mix it up a little bit. I, I see the Mavericks do this a little bit sometimes when, you know, the rest of the starters are off the floor and it's like Luca and the cast of, you know, misfit toys from, from, uh, <laughs> Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. And it's, you know, he's out there and like, Hey, instead of him just spreading the floor out and saying, all right, get to the basket and hit a guy like Wes Awandu who might miss the three point three pointer. Why don't we get him on the block and let him go to work on the block? Because how many times this year already, I feel like we've had more possessions this year than like, than all of last year to where the dude's like Lucas pump faking, spinning, getting people. I mean, he had that one on Michael Porter Jr. last night to where he just like does this like tricky, nifty little moves in the post and he he can score. So I'm just saying that I think this is something is a really nice tool to have in, like in your arsenal. I think it's something that the Mavericks could maybe go to a little bit more because he is highly effective at this. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Now, interesting, interesting context on this it luca well, has 30 possessions yeah joel Embiid has 111 oh. po- post up possessions but then you look at someone like, like anthony davis he he just has 72 i say just but you know that's that i mean the only people over 100 post up possessions so far this year joel Embiid at 111 Jokic at 107 and your boy andre drummond <laughs> At uh, 106, but uh, Drummond's kind of down the list as Drummond is only scoring 45% of the time in post-ups and a .8 points per possession. I didn't even say what his points per per possession was, uh, Lucas. It's 1.23, which is, uh, hey, it's really good. <laughs> that is pretty good. That is pretty good. It also shows that post-ups aren't all created equal, right? Luca gets post-ups in yeah. a different way than some of these other guys. He creates them for, for himself. Uh, All right, coming up, I want to share my stats. We have a couple of things we want to buy and sell stock in that we'll talk about, and then you'll hear from the Rejecting the Screen guys on Kobe Bryant. Lots of great stories there, so we'll get to that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, betonline.ag. You guys know football, the big one. It's coming up. It's coming up on Sunday. Betonline.ag has all sorts of prop bets that you can hit up. Uh, Color of the liquid poured on the winning coach in the Super Bowl, Isaac Harris. Right now, orange, plus 125. That's your that's your best bet there. Red and pink is plus 300. Yellow, green, and lime. You get all three of those colors. That's plus 400. Purple is plus 600. Clear is plus 600. So if it's water, Boring. if it's water, straight up water, if you bet $100, you win $600. That's nuts mm. if you win that one. Blue, I can't believe blue is all. Blue has been disrespected. The blue Gatorade, blue drink, yeah. whatever blue drink is all the way down a at problem at plus seven hundred. What flavor is it? Blue. Blue is not a flavor. Blue blast. Oh, blue blast. It's from the office. BetOnline.ag has all different prop bets for the Super Bowl. They also have Dallas Mavericks against the Utah Jazz. According to them, right now, the Jazz or the the Jazz are a three and a half point favorite. 
and the over-under is 225. That, that, one, that one has me perking my ears. I think these teams are going to score a lot in this game. So I might do the over for the over-under 225 there. When you're doing this, go sign up for a free account, betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON. Get a 50% welcome bonus. So go bet on some Super Bowl props. Bet on the Mavericks lines, you know, daily lines for their games. And uh, use that promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris. So you shared your story about post-ups. I have a stat about one of those post-up players, and that's Joel Embiid. We've been talking, you and I, back and forth. We kind of have our little arguments about who's MVP and all that kind of stuff. And I think right now it should be LeBron. And you're like, oh, there's no way it should be LeBron ever. He shouldn't even be considered a guy who's terrible at basketball. It should be Joel Embiid all day. That's like the way that you sound in my head. And so I decided I wanted to break down Joel Embiid. I wanted to figure out why the the Sixers are are playing so well and and what's making them tick right now. So I decided to do a break. Are you about to prove why he's not? No, no, no. I just wanted to do a breakdown, and, and, and I found one interesting stat that is semi-Mavericks related that you guys are all going to be very interested in. And uh. um, The Sixers are 12-6 and six right now. They're 12-2 and two when Joel Embiid plays, and they're 0-4 when he's out with losses to Cleveland, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, and the Pistons. Oh, give uh. them the award now. <laughs> give, give it to him right now. So the, the 76ers from, from this year to last year, their offensive rating is like, Almost exactly the same. It's 111. It was 111.3 last year, 111.9 this year. Defensive rating is just about the same. It's 109. Just the decimal points are a little bit off. And their net rating is just a little bit – they're a little bit worse than last year. But they're they're essentially the same team, right? Offensive and defensive rating-wise, they're exactly the same team. Joel Embiid, the difference from last year to this year, he's averaging four more points a game. And his – Three-point percentage is up seven percentage points. He's up to 40% from three, which is wild for him. It's only three attempts, but still wild for him. Also, he's shooting better from two-point percentage. So his efficiency is all up. He's also committing one less foul per game, which is massive for a guy like him. So that's why he's in the MVP race, which I think he should be second right now. But he's definitely in the MVP race, and he that's why. It's because his efficiency is all up and all that. Ben Simmons on the other end of it, though, is down three and a half points from last year. His assists are essentially the same. Rebounds are slightly, they're just about the same. Shooting percentages are all down. So it's been Joel Embiid that's the one that's really stepped up for him in that sense. Okay, uh, Tobias Harris, his efficiency is a little bit up. He he won that player of the week, but he's been kind of pretty much the same. Points the same, rebounds the same, assists the same. His shooting percentages are up, but all that all, all the rest of it is just about the same. Tobias Harris won a player of the week? Didn't he, right? He had that crazy game and he won player of the week. Wow, okay. I'm going to look that up because... That shows how much I keep up with the Player of the Week. I know the Player of the Week really doesn't matter. Yeah, January 4th, he won Player of the Week. Yeah, I did not I did not remember wow. that incorrectly. Seth Curry, career high, 15.5 points a game, three assists per game. That's a career high. He shoot 53.7% from three. Let's go. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. So I wanted to look at some of these on-off number, on-off, on-off numbers for Embiid and Simmons, and then I wanted to see just what makes them so good. So right now, with both Embiid and Simmons on the court together, plus 15 is their net rating. That means they're scoring 15 points per 100 possessions more than they're allowing. That's 760 possessions. That's a lot. They're outscoring their opponents when Embiid and Simmons are on the floor. So the fit between those two seems to be working better with the shooting. It seems to to be working a lot better. With, with, uh, With Embiid on and Simmons off, this is wild. With Embiid on and Simmons off, it's a pl- it's a pl- plus 0. 
So like barely better when it's just Embiid and Simmons is off the floor. So they're working really well together, but with Simmons off, they're essentially like, you know, neutral, basically. <laughs> when yeah. Simmons is on and Embiid is off, they're a negative 15.5 net ratings. Yeah. So they're absolutely getting destroyed when uh, when Embiid is, is off, but Simmons is on. That's 338 possessions. So that's a decent sample size there. Should have did the Harden trade, Maury. <laughs> so they're really good when they play together. They're oh, they're just they're a 500 team basically when Embiid is on and Simmons is off, and they're a terrible like lottery team when Simmons is on and Embiid is off. So I took that a step further. I said, okay, what is it when Embiid and Simmons and Curry are on? Is Curry making a big difference for them, and is it just the shooting that's helping this team so much? When Embiid and Simmons and Curry are on the floor, this is 500 possessions, so a pretty big sample size at this point. Plus 24.1 net rating. They're wow. outscoring opponents by 20, 24 points per 100 possessions, which is absolutely wild. Their offensive rating is 124.4 when all three of those guys are on the court, which the lineup is basically Embiid, Simmons, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, and then Danny Green. That's basically their lineup when they play, that, that starting unit. When Curry is off the floor, so remember, when he's on the floor with those two guys, plus 24.1 net rating. When he's off the floor, negative 2.4. So when Embiid and Simmons are on and Curry is off, their offensive rating drops from 124 to 107 and a half. <laughs> Absolutely wild. You basically replace Seth Curry with Shake Milton or Tyrese Maxey, and they just completely bottom out. Their offense becomes one of the worst in the league. It goes from best in the league to worst in the league. So Seth Curry, an incredible, incredible uh, addition to the Sixers team and so far I mean Josh Richardson hasn't played for the Mavericks too much so we can't it's not an indictment on this whole trade but Seth Curry has been everything and more that the Sixers team could ever want for sure I mean we were super excited for both you know both players when they when the trade happened it was a win for both teams I think it was a win for both players and yeah I mean Seth has to be a huge part for them moving forward I mean everything for Philly just what happens in the playoffs like that yep they're kind of like Milwaukee in a sense. Like, we just got to wait till the playoffs. That's kind of what I walked away with this. Like, they're the same team offense and defensive-wise. And according to Cleaning the Glass, they're – and these are these numbers are all according to Cleaning the Glass, by the way. But, the you know, according to Cleaning the Glass, they have this number that's like, if according to the, your you know advanced stats, what should your win-loss record be? They should be at 10 wins. So they have two extra wins somewhere that they got in sort of a luck slash clutch slash – Something that just was like you know a couple possessions here and there, but uh, so they're getting a little lucky now. Their their schedule hasn't been too hard, but they're essentially the same team as last year. But that starting unit is just destroying people when Curry is on there with Embiid and Simmons. So I thought that was absolutely fascinating to see a twenty six point swing when Curry is on the floor with those two guys and off the floor, and those two guys are still on the floor. That is pretty wild to think about. That's, wild. That's crazy. All right, let's 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 buy some stock before we go. Uh, buy and sell some stock. So uh, you go first. What do you got? Buy or sell? You want to buy or sell some stock? By the way, this is how we do this. We we just go around the league, things that we're interested in, things that we're like, ah, people are too high on this or people are too low on this. I'm going to buy some stock. We have a whole bunch of stuff we've bought and sold stock on uh, that you guys have actually as well a couple from a couple weeks ago. So we'll get back into doing that soon. Uh, something I'm selling, DeAndre Hunter being called Optimus Prime. Get out of here. No, Come I, have, on. I have DeAndre Hunter too. That was one of mine, but it, mine's different. I knew you were going to do the, the nickname things. But. Get out of here. Come on. If we're going to give somebody <laughs> a nickname of Optimus Prime, which is, I mean, 
you got to be better than a, just a role player. I mean, I'm glad you've had an improvement. You're up to 17 points a game. Congrats. I'm really happy <laughs> for you. But you're not. No, you're not good enough to be called Optimus Prime. I just laughed. It was a thing that you know came out of you know the Hawks media sessions. Some players talking about it. There was a you know a story written about it the other day, and I was laughing at the headlines. Like, let me introduce you to DeAndre Optimus Prime Hunter. I'm like, no, how about you not? Okay, I don't want to meet that uh, because that is not. Uh, no, sorry, you're not good enough to be called Optimus Prime. So I'm selling that. Sam, put the cube in my chest, Sam. You must fight Trey. the fight that we will not. Trey, Trey. put the cube. Trey Put the defensive cube in my shot. <laughs> I'm a stop Megatron. Uh, mine was actually DeAndre Hunter. I was just going to buy stock in him, period, because I think he's Aww. actually started to become a pretty good scorer. Last 11 games, so in the month of January, 19.5 points a game, 5.5 rebounds, 2 assists, uh, over a steal, shooting 37.5% from 3, almost 90% from the free throw line, taking 5 free throws a game. I'm buying some stock in DeAndre Hunter. Uh defensively he's supposed to come out and be a, you know a real defensive stopper and you're just hoping he'd be a three and d guy but he's really turned into like this offensive weapon so i'm buying stock in him but you're selling stock in the fact that his nickname is on the nickname. which by the way his nickname at first they were trying to call him megatron and he was like no i want to be the good one <laughs> so i want to be the one that wins <laughs> uh, well i'm like sorry you're in atlanta so yeah uh, deandre hunter my, was my other one or my first one he could just be megatron because he loses so <laughs> something that i am buying Ooh, yes. Colin Sexton for the most improved player. Yeah. This this guy. You're not getting very good odds on this right now, though. He, he Okay, is. I heard the other... Well, we can't really go on because we're contractually obligated. Uh, but I did hear the other day that... the Well, I was saying that some other places who have uh, odds on awards and stuff oh, yeah, right yeah. now, uh, Colin Sexton's odds were still very, very favorable with this award. And uh, so anyway, I, I mean, y'all saw the highlights against the Nets that just that performance, just where he's at so far this season, he's up to, you know, basically 25 points a game. Uh, he's shooting 46% from, from three, which is crazy at uh, four threes a game at uh, 50% from the field. He's, you know, he's the best young, you know, young player for a Cavs team. That's having a lot of fun right now. They're feisty. They're actually a fun team to watch. And Kevin Love's not even on the floor. So uh, yeah, I'm buying stock in Colin Sexton. Am I ready to say I would take him over Trey Young? Maybe. Wow. <laughs> even for you. <laughs> no, I, I do think the conversation is interesting. You know, you, I think, uh, you in know, we have a, a, a group chat. Uh, no, I was gonna say the interesting. I've seen some people put him over De'Aaron Fox right now. Like, what? Who would you? Where is Colin Sexton in the Young Point Guard debate? If it's you know De'Aaron Fox, Trey Young, John Morant, you know these guys. Where is Colin Sexton SGA. in that group? I, I wouldn't SGA. I wouldn't put him over Trey right now. I need to see a little bit more. I do love Colin, you know Sexton's defense uh, ten times more than you know than Trey Young's. But I I, I got to see more from from Sexton offensively throughout this year. But uh. I do think he's he's put himself in that category though with those young point guards so far, and I'm buying stock in him. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I don't think you're getting that. If I guess it's kind of cooled off a little bit since the if you try to buy stock in him on the night that he beat the Nets, like that that's just an all time Colin Sexton high stock, right? But it's probably cooled off a little bit, so you might be getting some good odds there. Uh, my other one, I'm selling Joel Embiid MVP stock. 
Boo-hoo. I'm selling it. I just, you just can't convince me he's going to be MVP by the end of the year. I just think that some of these other guys, Durant, LeBron, even Luka. Health is the only thing that's on keeping back, though, I think. I, I just don't think he has the star capability, like the star quality that some of these other guys have. If they stay at one and he's averaging 27 and 12, then, who's, I mean. Who's the last, like, non-ball handler that won MVP? Well, I don't know. I'm gonna look through because like it's been no Giannis is a ball handler. Okay, here's oh my god, here are the MVP. Oh, I know the last non-ball handler that won MVP. He's an all-time he's an all-time great, and his face say, is is right be, is right behind yours. It's Dirk in 07. Here are the MVPs: Giannis, Harden, Westbrook, Curry twice, uh, Durant, LeBron twice, Derrick Rose, LeBron twice, Kobe. And then Dirk, and then Steve Nash before that twice, and then Kevin Garnett and Duncan. So is Joel Embiid the next Dirk, Kevin Garnett, Duncan? Like if Shaq his team out, is Shaq number one, that, he's Carl averaging Malone? twenty-seven points, twelve rebounds, forty percent from three, fifty-five percent from the field, and they're number one right now in the East. If they finish number one and he has those averages, heck yeah, he should be right there in the MVP conversation, one or two. Yeah, but the but but my thing is I'm not buying him as one. So if you say he could possibly be two, then yeah, then I'm buying that. I think his stock is the highest it's going to be right now. I think the Sixers team will cool off a little bit. I think that, uh, yeah, I just think that some other other players are going to start emerging, and I hope that that player is Luka Doncic. Well, I do think something we didn't cover before. I think the Harden trade, you know, impacts KD's MVP odds for sure. Uh, I. I think that that's true. Goes, yeah, it's true. I think true. it takes him out. So if we're looking at people who, who and Harden's, you know, if you're going to put him in there, yeah, who's competing with Luca for MVP stuff, and we haven't mentioned Luca for MVP stuff just because the Mavericks record. I mean, Luca has insane averages stuff right now, but the it, the you know record has to be a lot better for him to be you know top three, top four guy right now. Yeah. So there you go. That's stock and stat. We are going to now send you. Uh, we talk about some of the. Uh, Man, uh, coming up, we're going to get into rejecting the screen. There, Noah Koslov and Adam Stanko are going to be sharing some stories from some guests that they've had from uh, from their podcast. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But before we do that, Isaac Harris, BuiltBar.com has the greatest tasting protein bar we've ever had. I ordered some more. I got the raspberry, cherry barcia, the mint brownie, always. That's a go-to. I had a double chocolate one today. It was delicious. Built Bar is the protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Tell all your friends. Tell everybody. Use the promo code Locked On. Use the promo code Locked. You'll get 20% off your next order. They also have all kinds of different things. They have rewards on there. I got some reward points for uh, it being my birthday. It was my birthday, and I get I get five dollars off my next box. That's a pretty good deal. So check out the rewards. You get you get points every single time you buy a box. And you can pool those points and get gift cards and things like that. So you can buy more built bars, which is what we all want. We all want to get more built bars. So go to builtbar.com, use that promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code locked on. Also try the promo code locked for 20% off your next order of the best tasting protein bars you've ever had at builtbar.com. All right, Isaac Harris, it's hard to believe it's been a year since we tragically lost Kobe Bryant on the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Host Adam Stenko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe's life and career with a two-part special this week. Hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else from about Kobe from teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen and listen this week to celebrate the life of one of NBA's all-time stars. And now, send it over to Noah Kozlov and Adam Stenko from Rejecting the Screen. 
This is Adam Stanko from the Rejecting the Screen podcast. It's unfathomable to think that a year has passed since that you'll never forget where you were moment when we all found out Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven others died tragically in a helicopter crash. Everyone associated with the NBA has a Kobe story because he meant so much to so many of us. Our way to honor Kobe was to compile some of our favorite stories from interviews my co-host Noah Kozlov and I conducted with teammates, opponents, coaches, and writers who had something to say about the man who famously wore number 8 and number 24. We put together all of those stories, many of which you've never heard before, on a two-part podcast on Rejecting the Screen, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're about to play an excerpt from Part 1, which drops on Tuesday, January 26th, with Part 2 coming on January 28th. Subscribe to the pod today so you can listen to both episodes as soon as they're released. We pick up the story as Kobe was ranked as the top prep player in the nation, and his status as a local legend was exploding. There were even rumors of the Lower Marion High School prodigy practicing with the Sixers and dominating the Sixers star wing Jerry Stackhouse in games of one-on-one. Rex Walters was on the Sixers in 96 and told us how he remembered it. Kobe did come to practices or he would come afterwards and come work out at St. Joe's because me not knowing who Kobe was, like once again, I, I didn't follow high school basketball. I was an NBA player. I wasn't into that. I'm sitting there. I'm, 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 I'm leaving to go uh, home. I'm, I'm kind of straightening it up in the locker room and, and Kobe sure enough walks in. And I'm like just making conversation with this kid. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, what you doing here? Like, yeah, I'm going to go work out. And I'm like, oh, you're a pretty good player? Like, this guy had to be looking at me like, what, what are you, some kind of idiot or something? Because, you know, and then I'm like, well, you know, what schools you're looking at? He's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Kansas. I'm talking to Carolina. He's like, but there's one other thing I'm thinking about. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, well, hey, you know, Dean Smith was a great coach for Michael Jordan. You know, you should think about Carolina. Obviously, Coach Williams is my coach, great coach. You should think about those schools trying to, trying to help out my guy. Uh, you know, next next thing you know, next preseason game, this guy's freaking like yelling over to his point guard, Nick Van Exel, like, hey, you know, I'm guarding. I'm like, I got a mouse over here. I got a mouse. I'm like, man, that's, that's a little disrespectful. I tried to help you, my man, and, and, and you're calling mouse in the house on me. So obviously he had to be thinking to himself, what is this guy talking about? So back to Kobe as the nation's top high school player and those rumors we are hearing of Kobe regularly beating Stackhouse one-on-one. We talked to Jeff Perlman, who wrote the incredible book, Three Ring Circus, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the crazy years of the Laker dynasty. He said that story was all fabricated. It's crap. Like, it's actually crap. It's just total BS. And um, it's funny because I basically reached out to, because you hear all these stories, right? You hear all these stories about Kobe and he's he's with the Sixers and he's lighting them up and blah, blah, blah. And he was definitely a a great player and definitely showed his skills. And the guys were like, yeah, this guy's going to be something. But um, I reached out to Stackhouse via Twitter. I profiled Stackhouse for the Wall Street Journal years ago. And I just reached out to him. Hmm. I don't have a tweet in front of me, but he wrote like, (laughs) I'm sure like this is the first thing I think of when people say we're we're so-and-so regret having spoken about Kobe. Like he basically said, I've never heard Kobe say they were true, but I've also never heard him say they were false. So F him. Um, <laughs> and like the thing that I, I think is really cool about Kobe and the, uh, and the Sixers workouts, he did not dominate Jerry Stackhouse, pure BS, but he took it to those guys. Um, 
imagine being, I remember I ran college, I ran uh, cross country at University of Delaware. And I remember my first year freshman, freshman year, I went out to run with the rest of the team. And they were all seniors and these guys were like all state and all county and all these great runners. And I was terrified. Like I was absolutely terrified. I just wanted to hang with them. I was terrified. I was scared. I was just praying I'd be able to do it. This guy's running with the Philadelphia 76ers as a high school kid and like holding his own and doing it. Like that's insane. And then the other thing when he was in high school that I really like is he would work out. I got to remember the specifics. He would, I'm going to actually reread the book before it comes out. So I, you know, um, which is sad that you have to do, but you do have to do is he, um, he would work out and he drove from one workout to another workout place in the summer and made sure the heat in his car would be at full blast as he was driving just to build up his endurance. So like, I think he worked out at a track. It was like a 90 degree day outside in Philly, very humid, hot, gets in the car, blasts the heat all the way, drives to the other workout. Like he did little things like that that were just absolutely insane all the time. It's 1996 and you're Kobe Bryant. You have an unparalleled level of self-confidence. You've proven to yourself that you can run with the Sixers. And just a year prior, you watched as another high schooler, Kevin Garnett, got selected fifth overall in the 95 draft. So what does Kobe do? He becomes the first guard ever to skip college and enter the draft. And by the way, he was just 17 at the time. 17 years old. Kobe, of course, gets selected 13th overall by the Charlotte Hornets, who immediately trade him to the Lakers for Vladi. Coming into that draft, everyone expected him to end up in L.A., and we talked to a couple of people on the pod who were with teams in that year's lottery. First up, former Vancouver Grizzlies coach and GM Stu Jackson. The Grizzlies had the number three pick and ended up taking Sharif Abdul-Rahim. But we straight up asked Stu, why didn't the Grizz take Kobe Bryant? You know, he, he was a high school player. We were a very young franchise. And, you know, uh, I, I think to draft a high school player at that point in our development as a franchise would have really uh, been going out on a limb, not having this player proven himself against, you know, a higher level of competition. Although I will tell you, you know, Kobe was extremely talented. But the other aspect of Kobe was, he was not going to any franchise other than the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, he got drafted by a different franchise, but that quickly turned around and he mm-hmm. ended up in Los Angeles. And everyone in the draft knew that at that point. So we didn't think that was an option for Kobe Bryant coming to a new country or to, to Vancouver uh, to play basketball. So he was sort of off the board. Leaving the country to play might not have been in Kobe's plans, but would he have played for the Dallas Mavericks, who had the ninth overall pick? Remember at the time, the Mavs had Jason Kidd running the point, and later in their careers, Kobe tried desperately to get the Lakers to trade for Kidd. Well, former Nets head coach Butch Beard was an assistant with the Mavericks in 96, and he told us that he thinks they had a shot at getting the high school sensation to come to Dallas. Here's the best story of all, and a true story as well. I was an assistant coach with Jim Clemens and also uh, uh, at the Dallas <laughs> Mavs. We're in the draft, and I asked, I asked the people who, you know, run the draft, I mean, all our uh, scouts, 
I said, who's the best guy in the draft? They said, Kobe Bryant. He's a high school kid, but he's not, you know, he's not, uh, you know, we, we, we don't know. We think he's going to be the best. And they didn't know whether at that particular time they were going to break up three J's. Okay. So I made a comment to them. I said, why don't we bring him in and try him out? I know that the word was out there that he only wanted to go to LA. I said, but I think he would want to play with Jason and Jimmy. If you all think that he's going to be the best player in the draft. We were afraid to do that. We ended up drafting Samaki Walker. I'll never forget. I was running around all over, you know, working out Eric Dampier and some other players and, you know, but I said, man, that's what we should have done. I sat there, even those five minutes before we drafted, I said, we should draft this kid. Why were they afraid to even, not even to bring him in? Because the word had gotten out there that he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to work out for other teams and things like that. I said, I think he would come. I think he would come and at least give us a, you know, a look-see. I really do. You can hear the rest of our Kobe Stories special on Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to the podcast today and hear part one on Tuesday, January 26th and part two on January 28th. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network.